0: What's up everyone welcome back for a brand new edition of collider ladies night a very special edition because this is officially our second in-person ladies night in a very very long time and it's with a very special person mary Mauser of cobra kai cobra kai season five how are we at season five already that it's seriously i keep saying it feels like a like a high school time
1: capsule where i kind of get to look at it now and i'm looking i'm like oh my gosh yeah and then i go back and watch like season one stuff
0: i'm like Oh, it's actually been like five years. That's wild. (laughs) I was even re-watching our last Ladies' Night, and we had recorded that before season three even came out. It was just when we had found out it was moving over to Netflix. It feels like a different time completely.
1: Yeah, no, these are two different timelines that I'm just jumping in between.
0: So you've been on Ladies' Night before, but when you were on Ladies' Night, we did not have this glorious dice tower. So this (laughs) is how we start the show now. Okay. So I've got... Eight questions here. You get three rolls on the tower, and whenever you roll, that is where we start. At least. Okay. All right. I can do that. Okay. So first, it's so weird seeing someone else
1: roll. This is gorgeous. Yeah.
0: This Um, might go missing. Now someone can actually appreciate it too. No (laughs) one's really looked at the dice super close. This
1: is so cool. Okay. So how do I not mess this up? I just just literally. It should
0: just go in there and then fall out into the grass. And it did. You have to (gasps) read it though. I can't see it. Okay.
1: What am What am I reading?
0: Yeah, that looks oh, like right a three. That's a good question. Okay, great. Yeah,
1: I know numbers, guys.
0: <laughs> All right, I like this one. This one is called High Low. Can you give us one audition high and one audition low and tell us what you learned from that low?
1: Oh, boy. Um, am I really about to say this story? I've kept this story in a box for so long in the very back of my mind. Yeah, okay, why not? Um, I was five years old, <laughs> and I auditioned for um, – it, it's a Christmas movie – And it ended up doing very well. Um, I'm not going to say what it was, but I was so excited about it and so nervous at the audition um, that I was, like, you know, really tense or whatever. And then all the other kids started to play in the waiting room. And I was like, oh, I want to play. That looks fun. So I start playing. And I was like, we were playing with, I think somebody had brought Barbies. We were, like, sitting there playing with Barbies in the waiting room of the audition. And then I get called in. And I am, uh, when I get nervous, I have to go pee. Um, and I didn't. I didn't go pee before the audition um, because I was busy playing with Barbies. And so I went into the audition room, and I got so nervous when they were like, "Okay, go ahead and start." And I, was like, ah, and I literally, I literally peed just a little bit, but enough of that I was like, ah, and just ran out of the room. Oh my God. And it ran out to my mom, and I was like, "Mommy!" And she was like, "What? What's wrong?" So anyway, they let me go back in after taking my bathroom break. But yeah, um, that was definitely a low. And the lesson was um, go pee before the audition. Yeah, Don't get distracted by Barbies.
0: <laughs> 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 Can't oh believe I just said that. Oh, my God. You were five. You were five. <laughs> I <laughs> was that five. That is a very reasonable no. <laughs> thing to have happen. If it, I were five, I would have been distracted by Barbies as right? well. <laughs>
1: that's, and then I get in there, and it was like monologues of dialogue, too, for a five-year-old to deliver. It was... Anyway, um, so that would had to be a low, um, I guess. A high... Uh, not even just saying this because, like, this genuinely is the high, was uh, my final, final call for Cobra Kai. I got to, it was down to me and two other Samanthas. And I walked into the room for my, like, chemistry read, and I, I chem read with, uh, I think it was three, ori- initially three different Miguels, and then I went back again and read with two different Miguels, one of them being Sholo. And, uh, but when I went in for the first chem read, after doing the boy chem read, I got to do the Ralph Kim Reed and the the Daniel moment, which was very, I was shaking, like, I don't know how, I, I think they've since released that audition tape, but what they didn't release was they also had us do, they were like, just shoot the breeze, and we're just gonna roll the cameras, and we joked about the fact that, like, nobody who was auditioning for any of the younger roles, like, knew what shoot the breeze meant, <laughs> um, and so we started talking about that, and then we started talking about the fact that I was from Arkansas, and, like, all this, like, just casual conversation, and The entire time, like, I was, what I'm doing right now, word vomiting, because when I get nervous, I just word vomit, and so I'm just word vomiting all over Ralph Macchio, and I'm just shaking, and I'm like, how am I keeping it together? I was not keeping it together, (laughs) but it was, like, but that's a high for me, because I left, I left that room being like, you know what, whatever happens, I had such a great time, and he was so kind, and so welcoming, and I was like, I, it would be the coolest thing ever to get to do this job, but even if not, I got to just audition and read lines with Ralph Macchio, like. What, what is my life?
0: I can't imagine walking away with a better headspace from any other, because I, I can't imagine what you guys go through with auditioning on a regular basis, because I am someone who's very sensitive. <laughs> so to be able to process anything like that and walk away being like, I am satisfied with that experience alone and feel good about what I did, no matter what happens next, is a very important mentality to have.
1: Yeah, yeah that was that was very special. Also,
0: it just scrambled my brain as you explain that. Like, like there were two other uh, Sams and three <laughs> other Miguel's or something. Like, I, I can't handle that thought anymore <laughs> because these characters are so your own.
1: It's I mean, that's the cool thing is, I mean, our, our writers are incredible at being at adapting and, and writing to these characters. And we've kind of all co-created at this point. You know, they they're, I get to have a say, which is a really cool thing as a, as a young actor to be taken seriously and to be able to say, hey, you know, I don't feel like that's something Sam would say. And they're like, you're absolutely right. Like, what, how would you say it? And we go, we, you know, we can build off of each other, which is very cool and unique and special that they're, so respectful of every different facet of what everybody's bringing to the table, so I think we've all kind of gotten to morph with these characters as we've gone, because it's funny, like, looking back at season one, Sam, like, yeah, I I loved it, I was excited, I was in it, but there's certain things where I'm like, oh, man, like, Sam from season five would never have, like, had that pool party, and, like, just been like, whatever, dad, like, you know what I mean? Like, that was just such a, like, it's so cool to, like, go back and, and kind of see that, but yeah, no, I mean, I feel like at this point, I am Sam, Sam is me. We joke that, like, it's me and then my stunt double, Selkie Hom, and uh, my stand-in, Kayla, and the three of us, we, we walk around, we form a little phalanx, and we walk around, and we go, I am Sam.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, we're going to come back to her evolution in a little bit. <laughs> but first, you have two more, two more rolls on the tower. Okay. okay, I'm less nervous this time. Is it a three again? We need to do it again. Okay, great. <laughs> three is oh, my good. lucky number, though, so that, that's good oh, vibes. Oh, is it? Good okay. vibes. Okay. Two, but this one's two. 5, five is or 2, two. Well, 5 is my pick. lucky number oh, this okay. is 2 <laughs> I feel like I should just let you pick a 5 out. <laughs> oh, this this one I like. So, this one was inspired by a recent episode that I did for the Sandman, but Okay. what it, what is something that could be seemingly silly to someone else out there? Like a little thing in your life that makes you happy on a regular basis even though it might not be something everybody else out there like values to the nth degree.
1: Ooh. Um you know, I've gotten really into um like what's even the word, like spin classes, like cycling. Um, And I've always been like, i always struggled a lot with working out and the concept of exercise for the sake of, you know, for for the sake, because what it was always to me internally was about, image and it was about vanity and it was about not even vanity for like in a negative sense but in the sense of like just feeling like I needed to do something in order to be liked in order to fit in in order to you know I would talk to people and they'd be like oh yeah this is my workout routine and I wouldn't have one and it would make me feel weird about it but at the same time like the idea of working out felt like this thing that didn't identify with me and this is a very long-winded way of saying that like you know Cobra Kai and, and doing karate I fell so in love with the sport that it completely changed my mind about it and now I see working out as this thing that like I am nourishing this literal physical muscles, but this internal muscle that tells me, you know, these are the things that I can take from what I'm doing and adapt them to karate and that, you know, or what, and then therefore on a bigger scale, what that means for my career and or what that means for me as an individual and lessons that I'm taking away from things. And so these cycling classes, like sometimes it feels so cheesy because it's just, they're like, you know, like what do you, whatever your biggest, you know, hurdle is in life right now, put it right in front of the bike and you just ride, right over it. And you just, you just ride up that hill. And I used to be the, the person who would just giggle at that, you know, but now I like I'm in it and I really do. I close my eyes and I'm like, that frickin' that audition I did that I really wanted, and it went terribly. I'm putting that right in front of this bike, and I'm riding over it. And, like, it, it, it seems silly, but, like, it's become such a,
0: um, like, point of center for me, I guess. Oh, I 100% understand that. There's the physical value of something like that, but cycling in particular is, it's got, like, a therapeutic quality to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And
1: my favorite is that I have this one instructor that I go to on a regular which, basis. Which
0: cycle studio or, um, or I've at, been going
1: to SoulCycle in oh. New York, um, I and I there's this one instructor I have and he, my favorite thing is like right before he turns the lights down and comes up the music, he goes, he goes, uh, all right guys, let's get ready to ride bikes that go nowhere. And every time I'm like, remembering the fact that I'm on a stationary bike, but
0: you can close my eyes and I'm back. I'm, I'm traveling on this bike. It's top priority for me. I've been doing the, uh, the Peloton app. I need to get oh, back awesome. into a, a studio and be with that community and like see the instructor. Yeah.
1: That's the thing is I, I mean, I ended up getting a bike to have at home during the pandemic because I missed it. Um, but then now it like going back to a studio, I was very nervous when I first did it, but now I've, I've gone and my favorite instructor does Taylor Swift rides. And he does oh like, he'll God, pick I like two albums that? and the, I'm not going to lie to you, I have one that I'm going to in a week and a half that is Hannah Montana versus High School Musical. And like, I'm so stoked. I'm so I stoked. I want to go
0: check that out. Oh my God. <laughs> You're that's, invited. That's, that's like the, uh, the exercise boost I need right now. Right? I'm like in a little bit of a lull about mm-hmm. to go to TIFF where I will not work out for a week and a half. That might be like the, the jolt that I need <laughs> to get <laughs> back into. I love it. All right. One more to go. Okay. This is fun now. One? One. Okay. Um, oh, this is my favorite question. This is a would you rather question. It's very silly. Okay. Would you rather have to fake sneeze or fake vomit in a scene?
1: I, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is a common answer, but fake vomit. I, like, first of all, it's fun. It's funny, oh. um, in my opinion. I think it's funny in general. Um, I Puke doesn't bother me. Like, there are certain bodily things that, like, I can't even joke about it because it just the, the ick so bad, but... Puke doesn't bother me because my body, like, that is the number one thing that my body will do in response to anything. I'm stressed out. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm not hungry. I am, you know, I'm sad. I'm, whatever it is, I don't know why, but I just throw up. It's like the weirdest thing that I can't. And I'm like, I found ways around it. Like, I found things that, like, okay, like, as soon as I start to feel it, I'm like, oh, the upper lip sweat and the back of my neck is warm. Okay, we need to, and I'm like planning. But I've gotten so immune to it that, like, again, I find it funny. It's like, how loud can I be when I fake vomit in this scene? Um, But apparently, I actually found out that I'm a very quiet
0: puker. Um, I can throw up and nobody knows that I'm doing it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, so you know, one of the other questions on this list is IMDB trivia because I look at everyone. Oh no! All the, you have like nothing on your list but I feel like quiet puker is something that would be very appropriate for that particular I, page.
1: I had this whole conversation with somebody because one time I was in the back of an Uber and I was super nauseous and I was like, I, I, was, I was on the way to my like second day of work on Cobra Kai ever and I was super nauseous and we were filming really far away from where I was living and so I was in the car for like 45 minutes and I had a Ziploc baggie with me. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, nobody knew. So that's the, that's the point, that's the moral of the story. Oh um, so yeah, fake vomit. Also, um, I had fake vomit uh, that I had to throw up on Scandal and I, it was uh, pineapple juice mixed with oats. And it actually like was fine. I mean, the texture was weird, but it tasted
0: kind. of I was like, mm, pineapple juice. So it's like not that worst. So I feel like part of the reason why that question came to be <laughs> is because people always pick fake sneeze because they think it is not as gross. But mm-hmm. like, who can do a convincing fake sneeze? They're hard two, to do. Right? I also
1: <laughs> found out that I'm a quiet. Sneezer. That's I mean, but well, I'm a surprise sneezer. I was just told the other day Tanner actually you a from surprise? Yeah, Tanner from Cobra Kai what does that actually. Even mean? I don't know. I just like I sneezed and he was like, What the he's like, what just happened? And I was like, I sneezed and it why? Was it like particularly weird? And he was like, There was no lead up. I was like, What? He's like, There was no lead up. You don't you don't you don't anything. He's like, You just sneeze, I don't know. You're gonna just be and then just continue what you're doing.
0: I'm sorry, I probably derailed this. <laughs> I'm like not going to stop thinking about the sneeze lead on that. I can't wait until I have the sneeze. Yeah, right? So I can see if I do that.
1: Enjoy join my right? club. We'll, we'll make a club if not. <laughs> All right.
0: We have to get into the meat of the conversation. Yes, now, okay. we did a lot of the beginning co- uh, conversation questions the last time, and we learned about your journey with signs and everything. But we got a couple new questions to squeeze okay. in here. And the first thing I really wanted to ask you was, When you first decided that you wanted to be an actor and make this your career, Mm -hmm. what did the idea of making it look like? Was there any other, like, actor or a type of role that if you got to do that thing, you would think, like, I have made it in Hollywood?
1: I don't know. Here's the thing is, like, I, especially at that age and then kind of throughout – I didn't think far ahead about it. I didn't think about, like, what does this look like in 10, 20, 30 years? I was like, this is so cool and fun, and, like, in the mentality of, like, this is what I love to do, and I wanna keep doing it. And so, by that point, like, now in this place that I'm at in my life, like, these little things are popping up that I'm not, and they're not little, but they, they're huge, and I'm so excited about it, but it just feels surreal, because I didn't think far enough ahead to be like, what would it be like to see my face on a giant billboard on Sunset Boulevard? What would it be like to, you know, to hang out with Ralph Macchio and his kids and his wife, who are lovely, and you know, watch an episode of an ABC show? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what would it be like to to have these like crazy cool experiences, or like, you know, to get to get stopped on the street and have somebody be like, hey, I dress up as you for Halloween? Like, that's bizarre. That's <laughs> so cool. And I didn't think far enough ahead to to really wonder but now I feel like I'm thinking about it in the sense of like what would it be to make it like I I don't know like some of the, my favorite band members like followed me on Instagram and I lost it I just about like I really sobbed what I banned oh no I'm gonna fully out myself now I'm curious um because I don't want them to think I'm crazy but anyway <laughs> not that they are ever gonna see this or think that I'm crazy but anyway like band members from like I love sleeping with sirens and pierce the veil and motionless and white and like some of those band members and it's just cool because it's like Th- it's this thing of like okay like yeah i forget that i'm a grown up i think is what it comes down to like i've been doing this for so long and been the kid on set that like now being the grown up it's it's cool it's awesome and that i can have conversations with people in a different way of like this is what you know this art means to me and this is what art means to you and we can kind of agree on this in this middle ground of what art is and that that's i don't know a cool new aspect to it oh, I love but that i don't know so much. maybe like a I think maybe like going somewhere and having like an actual Halloween costume, like at Spirit Halloween, because that's like, I'm a Halloween nerd. <laughs> so, like, the idea of like actually picking something up off of a rack and it being designed after a character I was in,
0: maybe that. I
1: mean, I'm I've surprised. just decided that right
0: now. I'm surprised <laughs> that hasn't happened with Cobra Kai. At, I mean, there has to be. People get Cobra so creative Kai with creating there. these. Yeah,
1: they are geese, but
0: I mean, being that.
1: We have our Miyagi Dogis, which kind of were only introduced in season four, like the new the new ones that we have for the tournament. Those have such really specific details, and like the orange piping, and the yeah. having the um, the headband p- lotus on the on the sleeve, and th- I mean on the trim and stuff like that. So I feel like maybe
0: if something like that came out, I'd be like really stoked. I'll say I'm real stressed about the merch situation right now. Really, like I, <laughs> don't, like I don't know if I should keep buying things or stop. We'll get to we'll okay, get the spoilers. okay. <laughs> Um Here's another, like, beginning question for you. So, again, when you first decided that you wanted to be an actor, what did you, and I guess your family, too, because I know that they were involved, what did you all think was, like, step one to becoming an actor? And now that you've gone through that process, would you advise that someone else out there who wants to become an actor take that same step, or did you find something else that was more helpful? Interesting. I feel like things have changed so much, as cheesy as that sounds, in the 21 years
1: I've been in this industry, that it's, like, you know, thinking about, that moment for me then, it was, I think the first thing we were like, we gotta get representation, you know? And so it was going out and finding, you know, an agent and a manager and part of that became doing a showcase, like when you were, they just like literally like lined up all these kids and everybody memorized like a Burger King script. And then there was chairs set up with agents and managers and they sat there and they watched us and they go down the line and do it. And then they came up afterwards and they were like, yeah, you, or not you, or maybe you. And that was like step one at the time and like getting headshots. Now, I don't even know what to say when people ask me because it's it's amazingly changed so much. Like, the industry has changed so much. I mean, I joke about, like, the first headshots I got were black and white. And when I used to go into auditions, they would take a Polaroid of you as a day of photo and staple it to your headshot and resume. And, like, I, it, that's bizarre because now everything is digital. And also, I don't go into rooms. It's all self-tapes. It's all, you know, over Zoom meetings. Like, these, it's, it's changed so much that when people ask me, I'm like, I don't, I think the, the The cool thing though, is that it has created so many open doors and so much more accessibility for people all around the world. Like I was from Arkansas. In order to act, I had to, my whole family uprooted their life for several months out of the year to take me to New York or to LA. And my siblings acted at the same time, but it was just this big, you know, movement that had
0: to happen. And now it's like, I can send in a tape from anywhere. So that's cool, you know? It is, it's, it is cool. It's a turning it, of tides. It's crazy to think that like all those changes were in the works beforehand, but mm-hmm. given what we went through with the pandemic, it really like accelerated all of that to like a really crazy extent. And now it just feels like it's a completely different playing field, but an exciting one too, mainly yeah. because of the accessibility of it all. Yeah, I yeah, love I it. All right, let's get into some Cobra Kai, cause I can't, I can't not. <laughs> so you already brought this up, the idea of John, Josh and Hayden kind of taking your own input on the character. What was the first time when you noticed that that was a possibility? Because I always find it really interesting, the uh, the journey or the evolution from being, like, you know, a child actor where maybe you are being told what to do more and then becoming an adult on set where all of a sudden you realize, like, my creative input is being heard in a different way. So at what point in Cobra Kai did you sense that happening?
1: It's a very definitive moment. It was, uh, it was the finale of season one. Um, we had, you know, the, the scene in which Miguel went to go hit Robbie at the beach party and accidentally knocks me out. Um, not literally, I, I joke, I say that jokingly, but no, but actually, I mean, I, you know, get hit to the floor and, and, and hit the ground and stand up in the, uh, oh, you are an asshole. And my dad was right. And all that. And like that argument for me, like walking away from that, I remember being like, this is so, this feels huge. Like this was so big for me as thinking about what 15 year old me would have taken away from that scene and from that message and I you know I loved how she did she walked away she said you know what no I don't like what you're doing here I don't like this person you're becoming and even if it was a hot-headed heat of the moment it's a lot you know emotionally charged doing that was important to me but when we you know got to the end of the season obviously you know everybody wanted the show to come back and we were super excited about it but they didn't know you know what would be coming next and they were setting up kind of where those characters would go Um, and for one, I mean, I begged them all season long, can can Sam do karate? And they were like, just hold off, just wait, just wait. And they gave me that moment at the end of season one. And I don't know how much of that was already pre-decided to set up for season two and how much of that was, you know, a conversation of knowing that I was super excited about the idea of karate. Um, but I know definitively that there, the scene at the tournament where Sam and Miguel have a little moment when she says, like, and he, when he says, you know, just watch what I do to your boyfriend out there or whatever, like, watch what I do to Robbie, um, you know, that was originally a very different scene where Sam kind of came up in tears and was and, and and talked to Miguel and was like, I forgive you. And I had a big issue with that and, and you know and I totally I see what they were doing with it and it could have been a really cool version of it. But I just had this issue with the idea of the forgiveness happening that quickly without the conversation beforehand. I was like, I feel like we should see that conversation rather than having it be like an internal conversation for her. And um, the guys were like, yeah, well, come to us with what you think. So Shoro and I went over and sat down on the benches at the tournament with a pencil and the pages of the script and went through and we were like, what's a version of this that we could say? What feels like you know we could get this message across? And, and we went back to them with it and obviously they took it and, and made it beautiful because that's what they do. But we got to have a moment where I got to, I, you know, and that conversation started about two weeks before and then it finished as we were about to shoot that scene at the tournament. And they were like, you know, are you happy with this? Yeah, absolutely, like, and I got to have that moment of, like, having that conversation of what felt to me, like, making him own it a little more, and and making, and, and getting to see that conversation for Samantha, so that later when it, you know, when they when they did kind of reconcile and come back together, that it made more sense, and, um, and I loved that, because they were like, yeah, we're not teenage girls, sure, like, how would you deal with this as a teenage girl, and that was the cool thing, was getting to, like, collaborate that way, and be like, I like this version of Samantha, and they were like, we like that version of Samantha, let's do it.
0: This just totally encapsulates why I think this show has become so special. It's because the actors really care and understand their characters, and then you have leaders in John, Josh, and Hayden who are like willing to listen. Like, they are exceptional writers all oh, on yeah. their <laughs> own, but I feel like you don't have a show with a special spark quite like this one has unless everybody like merges their visions together, and like that's what we see in the end product taking that idea but bringing it forward whether it's season five or something more recent that sam's gone through is there any other situation where that happened because one of my favorite parts about sam in particular is i really do like how they let her be a teenager in terms of how sometimes she'll act out of frustration i feel like sometimes you know like the answer can present itself but it's too simple and unrealistic to say i'm going to take that answer and actually like wipe out that challenge from my board here but we see her respond to like a million different things she's going through at all times. So with everything that goes on for her, has there ever been a point where she acts out of frustration or has a knee-jerk reaction to something and you had to talk it through with the three of them or maybe just like sit with it yourself for a little bit? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's the thing that like I, you know, initially I would I would come to them and be like, hey, why are we doing this? You know, why, why is she reacting like this? This is crazy. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, think about, and I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. Like if I think about, you know, why she would, you know, why she would have such an issue with Tori. And, and we kind of really talked about the, you know, and, and like, well, you know, can't she see that there's, there's some aspect of, of humanity in all of us and there's something there to connect? And, and the more we would talk about it, I'd be like, oh, my God, yeah, I could totally see how this has become... Like, I do have those people, or not even those people, those concepts, those things in my life that are such a big hang-up that it seems, like, so simple to fix it and to just sit down and have a conversation, which is what we all kind of joke about. is like, they just need, like, a mediator to, like, sit down and, like, talk all these karate problems out.
0: Or they um, need to talk it all through to, through uh, Dungeons & Dragons yeah, or uh, right? and dragons. Do- Dojos & Dragons. Dojos & Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Don't mess that
1: one up, right? But, um, but no, I mean, I think there's there's plenty of those moments where, um, which is, again, like, why I really love how collaborative and open these... The, you know, all of our creators and and writers are, is they're willing to sit there and explain it, you know, and, and and explain this is why we need this to happen and this is what we're trying to convey. And then I can be like, oh, I totally get it now and take that and do it. Um, but I think there, there's really, like, been a lot of moments when it comes to the karate world for Sam where, you know, I get very protective over this idea of her um, being, I love being a part of a whole, but I also love that, at, at, for the most part, Sam's the sole female fighter over on that side of the world and that's been incredibly important to me to make sure that that constantly is is conveying strength and they obviously are writing to that and creating this awesome storyline and these awesome characters where we get to do that Um, but it's always important even if it's as as small as like I don't want to can I not stand in the back? I think I should stand like right here next to my opponent or I should stand right here next to the people that I'm, you know, that I'm having this conversation with. And they're like, absolutely, you know? And so that's, we again, we're getting to grow together, which is really cool and exciting. I
0: feel like that last question was the most long-winded thing I've ever said. And it's because like, I knew exactly the <laughs> beat in season five that I was getting at. So uh-huh. I'm just gonna do it at this point. Spoiler warning for everybody out there who has not watched all of season five of Cobra Kai. This is it, we are gonna talk spoilers. You You push pause and then you go watch the show And then you come right back and you press play. It's that easy. (laughs) All right. So the the moment that kind of inspired that question for me was... I believe it's the end of episode eight, beginning of episode nine, when Tori finally comes clean to Sam. And, Mm -hmm. like, that is an an exact example of one of those moments where I'm like, oh, this is great. They could move on now and be friends. But Sam snaps at her. Uh Do you think that she would have had that same reaction had she not seen Miguel kiss another girl right before Tori came up to her? I mean, I think it's human nature to, to have...
1: Feelings like that, like I know, I you know, and and again, yes, she's a teenage girl, like you said, like that's the reality of the situation. I, I don't think I would have had the the zoom out lens ability to see how all of these actions play together, and also, I mean, you know, I, I totally can say there's better ways to handle so many of the situations that that Sam handles, that anybody handles. We all learn that. That's human nature. We make mistakes. We learn from them. That's how you get better. Sometimes you are able to see somebody else make a mistake and learn from it, and hopefully not to make that mistake yourself. But a lot of times, at least for me, it's trial and error. And so also the fact that, the fact that Tori knew that information and kept it to herself, I mean, it's, yes, it's definitely the heat of the moment of seeing Miguel with another girl right there in that second, but it's also, you know, coming out of, of having just had this fight at this dojo, Tori also bailed on it, and, and there's frustration there, you know, she had all this pent-up anger, and this, I'm gonna, you know, Sam spent so much time gearing up for this, this, this showdown with her, and being like, I'm gonna get to, vindicate myself, I get to fix all these issues that I've seen falling apart in my family that Sam's carried around this guilt with, you know? Like, I let my family down, my family's falling apart, they're fighting, all these big things are happening because I failed at that tournament. And I think all of that weight, you know, coming into this, okay, like, standing out there and training with with Daniel and with Chosen and having that big moment, like, these are all these things that have huge, big pent-up energy and it's like, it's like when you gear yourself up for like a big argument with somebody and then you go to talk to them and they're like, yeah, I understand your point, you're like, well, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, uh, well, good, but also I got to find something else to be mad about, like I, because I'm human and I have all this anger inside of me. So yeah, it's like seeing Miguel struck the, you know, struck the match, but the flame was already, you know, waiting to burn for Sam all day, and then realizing that Sam, that Tori knew this and didn't do anything about it. Again, not defending Sam's actions, but for me in that moment, what all of that came up for, really comes down to so much more than being angry about a boy. For me, it comes down like that. That's a broken heart, and and. And the, re- the the moment that you realize you let somebody get away and, like, the moment that it's, that it's too little too late, like, that pain on top of all of the other frustration and anger and even having won that fight, what that fight was supposed to mean versus what it ended up meaning for Sam, still very exciting and wonderful, but it was supposed to be so much more, what's the word? I'm like, satisfying, you know? And And so for me, it felt like, yeah, I could just explode into karate, especially if, like, if you have those kinds of skills I and know. somebody pisses you off. Like, that's the thing that, like, I even do it jokingly all the time. Where, like, I'm constantly in between takes, like, punching and kicking my co-stars. And and oh. they're great. They they know how to defend themselves, okay? First of all, they're I super talented. Um, but, you know, it's, there's plenty of those moments where it's just, it's, like, once you have that in you, it's, like, that is, like, your go-to response. And especially with Tori, like, you know. The scars are still there is my Why thing. the show
0: is so good. It's, <laughs> it's like surface level entertainment and fun, but it's got those complex emotional beats and arcs, and that's what makes it stick with you and makes it makes it really mean something, and it makes this show be able to like have a positive influence on some younger folks at, and older folks for that matter. Yeah. Um, I'm learning then, from Sam all the time. learning from, like, everyone in the show all the time. Um, In the next scene that Sam has with Tori, this might be, like, me overthinking things, and it might be too specific, but were there any conversations in terms of, like, the blocking? Because it really caught my eye that Sam is always standing there as they're Mm -hmm. having that conversation and not necessarily sharing the couch with her.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That was, we were very intentional with every piece of that was was so thought out by, you know, our incredible writers, our directors, everybody was so involved in kind of these these conversations, because to me especially, and, and I think to everybody there, um, this was such a big moment. It was kind of like, it was kind of like the, the you know, a mini version of, of the the respect that they obviously treat everything with, but I remember going into that episode five, you know, uh, battle between Johnny and Daniel in, what was that, season four, um, on the... The sparring deck, uh, there was such like a reverence about that, knowing that these were two people coming together that you know we're gonna duke it out. That was like this is what everybody's been waiting for. For me, it was that moment internally with Sam and Tori. Um, there was a lot of intention with that, and and for me, the the staying standing is very much about you know staying in a defensive concept, and 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 but also almost in a way it's it's offensive, and it kind of like is the first time we see this like vulnerable side of Tori coming out where I feel like, you know, I got to have that in season three with Sam where we got to really see, like I got to really dig into the crying and the stuff like that. And obviously Tori has those incredible moments, but Sam doesn't get to see them. And it was the, kind of the first moment where I got to, I literally was talking to, to Peyton about this the other day where it was almost like super emotional when they said action for the first time. And I walked in there and I looked down and I saw her with the bloody knuckles and the ice on her hand and her, like she just looked up at me and I had this moment of like, oh my God, something doesn't feel right, I shouldn't be here, like, I felt like I was intruding on this very personal part of the, her life, and it, and it did, it made me question, like, all this anger that I had toward her, and all these, like, things that, like, you know, as a character, and, uh, but as an actor, it was a really fun experience to get to have that, like, l- lack of leveling in the physicality, but this leveling of what felt like for Sam being, like, okay, I can sort of start to let my guard down, because I see her so, so with her guard down
0: very beautiful moment and also I feel like that leaves room for them to grow and that's something that I can't wait to see in future seasons all right I need to get I need to hit more like yes, finale okay. things <laughs> we we obviously have to talk about the big finale set piece and I could talk about it all day, but in an effort to get at at least two things in Mm -hmm. that. So you were already talking a little bit about how like you weren't into the karate and and the athleticism at the very beginning. So what is something, whether it's like a performance beat or a move you do in that particular set piece that might make season one Mary go like, oh my God, I can't believe I'd be able to do that one day. But then also on the other hand, what is something that you saw one of your co-stars do in that particular fight that made you think like, wow, I've seen you crush it for so many seasons, but I never knew you were capable of that.
1: I I think that's the cool thing is we're all constantly hyping each other up in between takes. But I will say, like, think of specific karate moves in that final battle. For me, um, there was this, you know, this moment that, I mean, first of all, getting to fight with Kim Daeon that was so, so cool and so awesome. And she was doubled um, by my stunt double as well, Selkie Hom. And so I got to, I got a couple of opportunities this season to actually fight with Selkie because I also had the dream sequence, you know. And, and so there's a couple of moments where I'm used to fighting like her and I in the same side. And so fighting against her was like this very like trippy thing where I was like, oh, I've come a long way that I'm able to exchange blows with you and feel like I, I kind of maybe know what I, a little bit of what I'm doing, um, you know, which was really exciting. But I think there was this particular moment with Peyton and I where we got to have these kind of double, we we're standing, you know, side by side and, and against Kim and have these, a couple of these double moments that, like, they're simple moves, but the doing it in synchronization was such an issue for me early on where, like, I really would just drill it over and over and over again in my spare time to make sure that I, you know, nailed stuff. But there's also the the fun of uh, of getting my leg up super high. You know, I can kick higher than, I, than I've than i been able to kick, which was super cool. And and my moment that I really loved, too, was, like, both me and Miguel doing our little takedowns and then looking up, you good? You good? Cool. Like, and then going right back to karate. Like, to me, that's the most, that's the epitome of, like, that's how I am in a relationship. Like, that's how I am, like, with, with somebody where I'm, like, I do my own thing, you do your own thing, and then when we have those moments where we come together and we do something together, it's just like, oh, cool, you're good? Great, awesome. Like, I'm very... Um, I'm, I don't know. I think Shola calls me a bra girl, but I think I'm just a A little bra girl. I don't know. It's just like, I'm just a little, I think independent in that way. So it's, it was, that was like a very fun moment where it was, and it really was like throwing him down, looking up and seeing Shola and he's taller than he was and he's grown up and he's, and this moment of like all this drama that was going on for Sam and Miguel and like having this moment of looking at him in the middle of a karate war and just being like, you good? You great? Cool. And like that, that was very awesome. Also, I mean, all of my Co-stars are super freaking talented, but Devin, um, played by uh, Una, she had some really sick kicks, you know. And I got to see that in in eight when I actually got to fight alongside her. I mean, she's freaking talented. Yeah, she is a powerhouse, and I'm. It was so exciting to get to see her over the arc of even just one season, like just.
0: Killing. Like and Dallas. Yes, like, my God, I can't believe how scary Kenny got in uh-huh. a single. Like he was building towards that last season, but it was like he's one of the smallest, like youngest kids in this group. But all of a sudden, he feels to me like he's towering over everyone and more oh, yeah. threatening than anyone. And that's like one heck of a performance. Wait till you
1: talk to him anytime recently. His voice changed. I'm, I was like, I, he was like, "Hey, how's it going?" I was like, "Excuse me, Dallas, who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you kind of handed me one of my last questions here <laughs> because you were highlighting the relationship with Sam and Miguel. What was your first reaction when you read the script and you saw that it was time for them to exchange I love yous? Did you see something like that coming, or was that a surprise to you? It was a surprise.
1: I, I think, you know, and hopefully I'm not you know completely outing the uh, everybody here, but I, I am pretty sure that is not originally how the season was going to end. Um, I'm pretty sure they were going to end still broken up. Um, and that they, I don't know what point that changed, it might have been very early on, it might have been before we even got you know, fully there and it was in the writer's room, but there was a point at which they weren't going to have that moment and the breakup was the breakup. And that was how it was talked to me. I didn't know, you know, we, we especially because we shot that stuff so early on in the season, and then we got to, I mean, that actually was the I love you scene was the very last scene with dialogue I filmed from season five. And it was, we rarely get to have that, you know, because we shoot so out of order to make everything happen. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do that. <laughs> we also typically shoot two episodes at the same time, so we're shooting episodes one and two at the same time, and then we're shooting three and four. This season we did it a little different. We only shot one and two together, and then everything else was, was linear. But, uh, you know, so rarely do we get to have a moment where we... Um, you know, have a, a finale moment like that. I didn't know we were going to fully get there. The breakup scene was incredibly difficult for me. I actually had my my one of our PAs standing by with Gatorade because I was dehydrated because of how hard I was crying. Like in between takes I was crying because I was just like, this is, it was so therapeutic and it was so cool and it was awesome to get to work with Sholo and get to have a scene like that. But it was specifically for Sam and, and Miguel having this like, oh my God, I don't know where it goes from here. And it felt so true to where we were at. You know, it was like, I don't know what's next for us. And so having that like come together moment at the very end, I didn't really see it coming, but it felt so good to get to have it. It felt so good to just, you know, post up on that car and just be leaning there talking to him. And And again, it was one of those moments where I looked up at him and I was like, oh my God, Dude, you've grown up. You know, like I'm having this scene with you now and I feel like I felt the same thing with Sam. I was like, holy crap, like she's grown up. Like this is this is a moment that she could be having a first I love you and it feels so true and not like puppy love.
0: Yeah. It that was the one thing about it because when it happened, like I was caught off guard, mm-hmm. I was very surprised, and then when I revisited the journey that they had gone through in season five in particular and how mature the the themes and the ideas that they're dealing with are it all—it all makes. They had to go, and they had to pursue their own paths, and they had to come to understand what they really valued, and only then could they have a successful relationship together. So it made all the sense in the world to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that's, that that's also such an important <laughs> message for me. Like that, I think I could have would have really loved to see, you know, on screen, and, and it's out there, but getting to, to see it with this character that you know settles a lot of her battles with her fists in a way which is we don't get to see a lot of women in in media do which you know maybe that's for the best but uh she figures it out you know but it was very it was very cool and special to have it be the words and not just a kiss and not just like a physical hug holding hands you know that came back together but actually like sharing those kinds of of big words felt very grounding.
0: I love it. All right, I'll end. I'll end with this one, which is a little more theorizing, because I know the guys haven't written season six, and there's going to be a period of waiting. And it breaks my heart. I need more now, now, now. But given where Sam ends up at the end of season five. What do you think her newest greatest strength is? Something that'll help her as she moves forward. I'm assuming in the tur- in the tournament or like any other personal thing she's going through in her life. But then also, like, what is her next biggest weakness that she needs to tackle in order to be able to grow even more?
1: I think you know, I I say this somewhat jokingly, but 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 it is serious in a in a sense for me. How true it feels for her is that she kind of has the the LaRusso, um, you know, I don't even know what to call it. It's kind of like a flu where you just she is looking at the big picture not maybe seeing it clearly but she's worried about the sake of everybody everybody all the time you know and i'm i've i've been that person for so long where i you know i'm so worried about taking care of all the other people in my life that you know sometimes the things that fall through and i'm like well why isn't this working it's like cuz i didn't do any of the things that i needed to do for me and that would have helped you know and i think that that's cool and that was an exciting moment for me in season 5 with sam was getting to have her make that decision I need to do what I need to do for me. And like you said, having that be the exact thing that it needed to bring her back to the positive, I think, you know, Sam, especially with the concept that we leave, you know, season five often is again, everything so hanging in the balance and and so what is next after that? Um, I think for Sam, that could come down to needing to look after herself and, and what that means. And I should say, not necessarily being in a selfish way, not prioritizing herself, but, really valuing what she needs and how that can help benefit the group at large. Um, I think that could be interesting. And, And what that means as a fighter too, because like I said, she's been the, you know, solo girl over in her dojo for a while. So I think, you know, sharing that role could be interesting.
0: Looking forward to seeing the Sam-Tory relationship (laughs) blossom more, but also with that in mind, Sam should spend some time with Devin, because one of my favorite things about that character was, you know, her being influenced by the warring dojo situation Mm. happening around her, but she always prioritizes, like, what she needs and the path she wants to carve. I don't know, what you were just explaining, I'm like, maybe they should hang out more. I think
1: that's the cool thing. We all all get to get put in a blender every year and, like, hit blend and then see what comes out, and I, I love the idea of... Of what that means for kids, i got to work with griffin more with the season which was so, so awesome good. he's so freaking talented so he's so cool and and that's another thing like all those th- i'm learning from getting to now be the mentor part um which you know is a weird aspect i wasn't anticipating but and, and maybe Sam hasn't fully owned it yet and doesn't fully know what she's doing yet, but there's a couple moments where I got to stand in front of him and be like, not my little brother. And like even that in itself, is like that's a cool thing. I'm excited about the, what that would mean.
0: I got faith. She's going to take that title and run with it. I just know it. <laughs> okay, I I'll could talk, talk to you it. all day long. You're too easy to talk to. I am so happy that we got to do this in person. <laughs> and you christen the Dice Tower. I do. I feel so special. This is I the hope only time I haven't rolled me. <laughs> I, it, it is official. It is a very special thing now. Thank you so much. Congratulations on all of Cobra Kai right now in particular. Season five. Everyone out there, thank you for watching this edition of Collider Ladies Night. I hope you enjoy Cobra Kai. Hit the comments section, share some thoughts on this conversation and some of your favorite moments from season five as well.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.